15 seasons have passed, but I still had not captured the entrepreneurial talent in each state. And as 16 is here, we are traveling to Iowa for the first time to learn a value-filled testimonial. We're going to Des Moines, Iowa to sit down with Nate Jones, co-founder at Structurally. Nate's ability to understand every aspect of the product's lifecycle gives him a unique approach to effectively run a high-growth software company alongside an amazing team. He's the head of innovation, has been the past CEO over at Structurally, and under his four years as CEO, the company experienced a 10x growth in conversations processed in the real estate injury industry Excuse me, and built a proprietary conversational AI application that 99.9% of consumers believed was human. That's incredible. The company was also had become a housing wire real estate tech 100 company and grew to a team of 26 employees. So we're going to learn how to do so much today, include how, how to grow a team. And with over 3.5 million, yes, million conversations with their AI assistant, Structurally's real estate data set is nearing 10 million individually labeled messages. I am excited to kick this show off. We heard real estate, tech, entrepreneurship, value coming from everywhere. And as we are joining entrepreneur today, this week's spotlight story at the halfway point will feature an article on Stephen Graham, who I learned is a real estate entrepreneur who leveraged YouTube to find success in this article titled, This 31-Year-Old Went All In on YouTube and now he makes $6 million a year. Then we're going to get Nate's take on it. But Nate, let's kick this show off. Why did you become an entrepreneur? Can you please share that story? Yeah, thanks for having me on, Vincent. Looking forward to the conversation. Um, I would say I didn't really put it together at the time, but um, I think I got it from myself and my co-founder actually got the entrepreneurial spirit, I think, from our grandparents specifically our grand grandpas. Um, my grandpa was the uh, owner of Dairy Queens in central Iowa, of all things. Um, sounds It's a small business, so obviously a lot different than starting up a brand new startup, especially in software from scratch. But right. I think every day I always saw him grinding, doing the little things and growing a really successful small business uh, that continued to grow from, from, his, from his dad uh, to him. Uh, and continued to go on to his son. So uh, it was really cool to see that. And I think that's what really kind of put me in the entrepreneurial driver's seat. I love that. And I put that in the show notes when I type up the description. Doing the little things, it's something I stress as well. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders, a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. I to grow and continue to scale my company. I know that doing the little things, staying organized, being on time, even right now, everything goes a long way. Thank you for kicking us off. And I love the family ties there. Um, I would, I wish we could see now how he would grow his company in present day now, post-COVID, what he would do differently compared to how things were back then with no internet where he made it happen. Great choice there. And thank you again for kicking us off. Everyone listening on again, welcome back to That Entrepreneur Show, the show where I sit down with the founder of a company or brand from around the world. Each week since December 2019, you never know which journey is going to help you most. And as I mentioned, we're bringing on Nate Jones today, heading out to Iowa, a lot with his company. I mentioned tremendous growth, and they are really running a software that can help so many. 
We heard things like product's life cycle. It's not just about launching the product. It's about doing so much more once the product is launched. I'm excited to learn so much from Nate today. And as we kick this show off, Nate, let's start by asking you, what are some of your greatest lessons learned in entrepreneurship? Yeah, uh, one of my favorites that I always like to share and like sometimes I struggle with it, honestly, is um, like holistically about just humility. Um, one of the things that you mentioned like um, in the in the intro was uh, I move, I'm the founder with, I have a co-founder, um, Andrew, um, started the company, decided to bring in a CEO to replace me about four or five years in uh, to structurally. And that was kind of our own decision. We felt like, you know, this was my first and only job ever. The structurally is it. Structurally is all I've ever done. So clearly I can't possibly be the best person to run the company. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's next. I don't know how to, you know, raise money. I don't have the biggest network. I'm just barely out of college starting a company. And we felt that it was the best time to replace me as a CEO. And obviously that takes some humility. Like, oh, I'm the founder. I could have held on. Uh, could have been really aggressive and just said like, no, this is mine. I'm not going anywhere. Um, but we felt that it was the right time, the right opportunity. Um, and we actually had a board member who was a former CEO of other software companies who had the opportunity to join us. He knew us really well from the beginning. He knew the company really well from the beginning because he was on the board and he stepped in as CEO about two years ago. Um, and that was a, it's been a really great experience to learn from him firsthand rather than just at the board level. But I think kind of those three things like <clears throat> offer a lot of like really young entrepreneurs, at least um, a different lens where it's like, oh, if you're the founder, you have to hold on to it forever. Uh, having board members is bad. Having a board is bad. Like sometimes it's not even sometimes it's always really good to surround yourself with people who have been there. Um, but you do also have to blend it with your um, naivety, I guess. So mm -hmm. that, that inability or that ability to say like, I don't know how this is supposed to be done. So I'm going to start it from scratch alongside someone with experience, I think is a winning combo. I love that. Bringing on some sweet, sweet execs to learn who have been there before. As a career student, if we're free to be in school forever, there is nothing like firsthand experience. And in many cases, I'm sure that's helped you progress and grow because you've hit such new milestones. Congratulations on the continued success. I'd like now to stop and speak more about Structurally. What would you like to share with our audience? Yeah. Um, so Structurally is a conversational AI company. We help real estate, mortgage, leasing, insurance agents uh, follow up and qualify their leads. Um we have seen salespeople's lives, we've seen everyone's lives change recently, but especially in the in the world of sales um, and just communication. Um, one thing that's like got me really excited just about kind of every aspect of business is the move towards messaging. We, we like to say here that messaging is eating the world. Uh, I mean, you, you emailed me, we never exchanged a call before this. Uh, lots of people buy software without ever even talking to a salesperson. Um, dials are dying to a degree. Like the phone call is not necessarily going to die ever. We all we all always make phone calls. But um, when was the last time you answered a, a spam call, a, a call from a phone number that you don't recognize? It just doesn't happen anymore, like it might have used to. 
And that's yeah. because of the shift towards messaging. And that's where we're focused on. Um, I think that everyone listening, no matter what industry you're in, you can think through your messaging strategy. You have to think through your messaging strategy, whether it's onboarding a new customer, your sales pitch, your sales outreach. That's what we live, eat, eat leave and live and breathe um, is, is conversational AI over text and email at Structurally to help salespeople uh, convert more leads. I love that. And it really is so true. You're not going to answer a phone call you don't know or very, not very often, I'd say, when you pick up that phone, it's, you know, several years now into the spam mayhem that's been created. I don't know if we'll ever escape that spam mayhem, but now we really just wait to see the voicemail, the text come in from someone we know. Now let's ask you for a little more advice here for our audience before we dive into the spotlight story. What are two of the more challenging areas for you in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I would definitely say if you're on the the venture capital path, like we are, the VC path, um, the challenging part, I think for me has been investor relations. So much, I just, so many times I just want to get into the business and build product and market and sell where I forget about our investors uh, and I don't necessarily update them as much as I can or should be. And that's honestly one of the big reasons why we brought in a more experienced CEO with investor uh, experience and network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't think it'll ever be my favorite part of a job, <laughs> of an entrepreneurship job, because it's like, you know, we should check in when we're doing really well and you should just trust that we are doing really well. But <laughs> it is really important. You have to dedicate yeah. specific time to it. They will help you with your next rounds, your subsequent financing. They'll help you with other aspects, but they're not going to help you if you never talk to them. So I think that's been one of my most challenging parts of uh, running this. And then, you know, the other side of that is like board management, um, just figuring out how to, how to run a board meeting. I think when we started Structurally, I had zero clue how to run a board meeting. I didn't know how to start it, didn't know how to end it, didn't know how to make a motion, didn't know how to vote. I knew nothing. So if you're thinking about having a board, which I would encourage you to do as an entrepreneur, even if you don't need one by like governance of your company, it's still good to have one. Uh, Practice it. I think that's been a really valuable lesson for me. I love all that advice there. Thank you for that. And again, that's not something you're just going to think of as an entrepreneur, no experience. Maybe I'm going to update this guy every step of the way. We have their money. Okay, cool. We have to hit our checkpoints. But no, they want to know what's going on in between. That's great advice for everyone out there who's aspiring for BC capital raising or is already in there and struggling. I think you just helped everybody a great deal. And I think now it is a great time to hop into that spotlight story. As I touched on earlier, we have an expert with us today. So I have to bring on an article that can also help us. Again, this part of the show really inspires me because I often try to learn a new journey as well. And today is of Stephen Graham in a real estate entrepreneur who leveraged YouTube to find success. Let's dive right into it. As the article starts it, and this is from CNBC on the Make It series, walking into Graham Stevens' Las Vegas home, the first thing you see is a massive 310-gallon aquarium in the entryway. Equipped with color-changing lights and filled with coral reef and brightly colored fish, this YouTube star's prized possession is impossible to miss. He describes the 45000 he had spent on the aquarium, filtration system, and marine life as purely an expense, quote, 
but has zero qualms on pouring his money into it. Quote, the level of enjoyment I get from the aquarium is just unparalleled to any other experience that I would be able to buy, he says. This for me is the tank I would have set up as a kid when I was 12 if I had whatever I wanted. <laughs> now we're going to switch right back to his brand. It encompasses five YouTube channels and a podcast, and his workload has gotten so intense that he has hired one, not one, but two employees, excuse me, one of whom lives with him full time. He's a $1.4 million, 39 square foot home that's 20 minutes away from this Las Vegas strip. After breaking the $1 million in annual income threshold in 2019 and making $5.1 million in 2020, he's on pace to earn $6 million last year with $3 million coming from just ad revenue on YouTube and the rest from sponsorships and affiliates. So that's a great advice right there for everyone to how to grow your brands, look for some affiliates, some sponsorship. But now I want to just touch on because this can be for entrepreneurs who are moving from state to state with their business. He decided to go from L.A. to Las Vegas when the COVID lockdown began and forced him to stay in his relatively small L.A. home. Quote, it really made me reevaluate where I wanted to be and where I wanted to work. He moved to Las Vegas because of the pandemic restrictions after visiting a close friend who had just bought a house. His friend mentioned that the house being built next door for sale and he jumped right on the opportunity. Again, happiness is a part of entrepreneurship. You have to really account for a lot of factors. He made the move to pivoting YouTube full time with this move. He left his job as a real estate agent and first moving out of California required him to give up this license. More importantly, he had come to the realization that the time and effort he was putting into selling homes was better spent on his YouTube channel. When to leave that corporate opportunity, everyone is always an ongoing battle. But he estimates that when his first Millennial Money episode was released, he was spending roughly 20% of his time on real estate, 80% on YouTube, and staying up till 2 a.m. to work on videos. At the time of the pivot and becoming a full YouTuber, his channel had 1.5 million subscribers and was on pace to earn another million for YouTube for the first time. Now, Nate, it seems to me that he might have held on for a little too long if he was making all this money and had all this stuff going on. But would you mind sharing your input from this article? Yeah, I think um, making the plunge is, is definitely tough. Um, like I said, like structurally was my first and only job. I made the plunge from eating ramen noodles in college to eating ramen noodles at uh, structurally. Uh, sounds like sounds like he did the same uh, from from real estate agent to real estate podcaster, YouTuber, uh, essentially. So I think that especially when you're like young um, and, you know, don't have like a big family yet, possibly, or don't have a ton of like responsibilities, honestly, um, there's no better time. Uh, there's really no bad time. Um, there's no good time to jump into entrepreneurship. You never know. You have to make sure that you're um, really keenly aware of the market opportunities. Um <clears throat> You know, every I think that probably retrospectively, looking back at when he started the YouTube channel, he probably didn't realize how good a time it was. Best, I do the yeah. same. I do the same for structurally too. Um, we started in like 2016. That was the like peak uh, of the the chatbot hype curve, and I didn't realize it at the time. Now I do. Same with him. You know, COVID caused everyone to kind of stay inside more. What are they going to do? Probably watch YouTube and listen to podcasts. Uh, so I think that that was probably maybe on his mind. 
Uh, maybe not, but he probably realizes it now. Um, so you have to, you have to take a step back sometime as a, as an entrepreneur and really just think about your market, think about the trends, think about the shifts. And even if it might not like fully click for you right now, think about it, what it might look like in five years. Like, will you look back at this time and say, this was a trend and I took advantage of it? Um, if so, then probably a good opportunity for you. Incredible advice all around being aware of market opportunities, staying aware of market trends. Nothing stays the same. And again, if COVID taught us anything, it's certainly that, that nothing is staying the same. Thank you for that. Love the ramen noodles and hustling. I think that might find its way into this episode's title because that is just a true entrepreneurship story right there. But right back to you, Nate. Before we sign off, I have two of my favorite questions here. What is one book or workshop tool, app, you name it, something that our entrepreneurs can improve their lives with? Yeah, uh, I. it's really cliche of me to say and kind of lame, I'll be honest, but Twitter. <laughs> I love Twitter. I've set up Twitter for myself to literally like follow lists, follow founders. Every day when I'm just passively scrolling through Twitter, it's it's like a it's like a book for me. It's it's founder advice for me from other people from across uh, the world starting companies. So you can really make Twitter like really bad for you uh, or really good for you. I hate reading books. It's like, I feel like somewhat a waste of time for me because I just want to skip to the good parts. And 90% of it, I feel like is fluff. Twitter is the the good parts. It, you have to literally write it in 160 characters or whatever, 260. So you have to be succinct. So you funny. get a bunch of quick advice. And uh, if you set it up right, it's, it's really valuable. I love it. It's just where the times are changing. We're on a much go, go, go faster pace now, especially post-COVID. Once those doors opened, everybody ran out. And that's great advice for everyone right there. Leverage Twitter. Use social media in the right ways. I take social media breaks. I'm open about that. I also lose followers all the time because I'm not a daily poster. I'll just put up stories. But I've fallen out of that social media trap it was for me for a while i had the instagram shiny object syndrome trying to get all those followers and i had some money that i was neglecting great things like you people really want the videos a lot of there and that's a whole demographic i was missing because i was just blinded by the light in the same um, same hustle not adapting to the market changes market opportunities so all around lights out episodes so far here nate but before we sign off which entrepreneur would you choose to sit down with throughout history dead or alive and learn from? Yeah, I, I thought about this one too. Um, I have kind of like another really cliche answer followed by the right answer. Um, so top top cliche answer is Elon Musk, um, but for a good reason, different than Tesla, SpaceX, oh, whatever right, he started. Um, he started uh, OpenAI, which is like an open source uh, AI company, which is now Fair run enough. by... Andrew Altman, I think. So he's my second okay. actual real choice. They're both alive. Um, Andrew Altman runs um, uh, he's uh, runs OpenAI right now. And he's also the past president or CEO of Y Combinator too. Mm -hmm. So he's a, a big deal, lesser known. Um, and I don't think a lot of people know that Elon started OpenAI. Uh, I don't know the story really behind that. But OpenAI is like the bleeding edge research open source AI company that's like been responsible for releasing tons of new advancements in AI that I think the, the consume the, the typical uh, consumer doesn't realize 
the impacts that it's going to have on our lives yet. So I think that some of the stuff they're probably working on in, in the lab would blow our minds. And so just being able to interview for that, re- for that reason only would be, would be mind blowing for me. I love it. Well, now let's delve a little deeper here and you're welcome to answer for both <laughs> entrepreneurs. Where would you choose to sit down with these entrepreneurs if you had the choice of location too? I think, I mean, it would be at the, uh, the, um, open AI headquarters. I don't know if they have one, but I imagine it's in, um, Palo Alto or, uh, wherever YC is. Um, it would also be really interesting to sit down with either of them in the, one of the giga factories, just to see, like, you see some of those videos and it's like, that's not even, I, how would you ever, how do you ever build that? How do you build an entire multiple square miles of robots? Like mind blowing, like hardware is hard enough. AI is hard enough. They're doing hardware with AI in a massive factory to make cars. So that's just like mind blowing beyond mind blowing. Uh, not only does he do that, but he launches rockets to the uh, hey, to space. As we're, so. <laughs> as, as we're recording this right now, SpaceX stock, the whole stock market is continuing to plummet. Grab some of those <laughs> shares while they're low, buy low, sell high. Thank you so much for a great show and for being our show's first interview in Iowa. As the show progressed, eventually it was going international. And then I've been humbled enough to interview founders in like 15 or 16 countries. Then I was like, I'm leaving out so much talent here in the U.S., here in Tampa, Florida. Without cold networking, without cold marketing, all of these things, we never would have connected. So a big shout out again to Nate's team for getting us together a lot of great conversation today. Where can everybody continue this conversation with you saying hello or look at all things structurally? Yeah, best advice would be just to go to structurally.com or email me, Nate at structurally.com. Um, I love to love to chat about um, my journey, entrepreneurship and um, starting a company. It can be hard um, or Twitter. My Twitter is uh, who Nate Jones, W-H-O-N-A-T-E-J-O-E-N-S. Um, that's a, again, a, you can go steal some of my followers too. Like I definitely don't use Twitter the right way. I use it to just like get my, my daily dose of founder advice. So, uh, you can kind of steal some of the lists and people I follow to, to get a, a little look at, at what I'm seeing every day. I love that. Use founders list from Nate, everyone right there. It's using social media, the correct ways. And that's a huge, huge thing. It's, we all have 24 hours in a day. You've heard that before, but how are you using it when you're on social media? Make it worthwhile. I am at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media, and I'd be sure to check out my YouTube channel as we touched on Vincent A. Lancy. A lot of great shows on there, writing with authors, Vince Story Share, and a lot of exclusive videos. The show is at That Entrepreneur Show, available on all platforms and on all social media. I am signing off until next Friday. Nate, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Vincent. Thanks.